Mark Barnes is going to come through and respond to that International Mail Centre story. We had the complaint just a moment ago. We'll talk to him after Eyewitness News at 8. But first, Adam Gilchrist, UK report. The George Michael investigation's taken a bit of a nasty twist here, Adam. Morning, Bruce. Yes, I suppose it does depend a little bit which tabloid newspaper you look at this morning, certainly here. Uh, But what we know is a couple of things. The uh, post-mortem into George Michael's death on Christmas Day was inconclusive, a report being prepared for the coroner. So uh, they have been interviewing his partner, Fadi Fawaz. No suggestion, quote, that he's done anything wrong, but nonetheless, they're trying to cover all bases. As a part of that, one tabloid newspaper this morning claims a major crime police unit, the kind of unit that might investigate a murder or a rape or something like that, they are now probing the death of George Michael. The fear is he died from a drug overdose. Could that have been self-administered? Could it have been given by others who supplied them? And as part of that investigation now, we're told that a news agency that has paparazzi regularly outside his home in Goring, or did before his death, has now been asked to hand over all their pictures. They want to see who was coming and going from George Michael's place. Uh, again, maybe they're just covering all bases, but it does suggest that although officially not suspicious, they are beginning to look at other angles. Uh, well, it's, it's a mystery that needs to be solved. And, of course, following the death of Michael Jackson, uh, people will, will ask questions. Yeah. Um, the Palace Guard. Now, this is regarded as all sorts of pomp and ceremony and people and big, big uh, men in big bearskin hats doing That's the him. tourist trade. But, I mean, these guys have got a serious job, haven't they? Well, they have and they haven't, I suppose. The argument is that, yeah, absolutely, this is the army's household division who've been guarding the monarch since 1660. Um, But the guards themselves, when they move from Buckingham Palace down to Horse Guards Parade and do this whole changeover thing with a band and uh, uh, marching to and fro and all all those things, their guns aren't loaded. Um, (laughs) They're not exactly in battlefield dress ready to combat terrorists should they try to attack the Queen. It's a very tourist attraction sort of thing. But yes, you're right, a bit of pomp and circumstance there, but sometimes circumstances change. So lo and behold, for instance, they are now going to have them on fixed days before it's always been every other day, which is quite confusing for tourists because you go on one Monday too late, so you yeah, go, exactly, oh, I'll come yeah. back next Monday, but then it's moved on. Uh, they're also going to take place half an hour earlier, they've closed side roads, they've got some extra barriers, and now armed police. So it's quite an odd thought that those guys who are guarding the Queen are now being guarded by armed police, but such is the way of the world, I I suppose, especially in the wake of the Berlin terror attack, which is the thing we're told mm. has sparked all this change. Uh, and and with the, the idea of integration into English society in England has mm. always been very welcoming of people from all over the world, but there's some tough new lessons that you're going to have to comply with if you wish to become a resident of the United Kingdom. Yes, we already had this thing in the citizenship tests whereby uh, you have to take um, certain English lessons and and answer certain questions about English culture and so forth. Uh, I say citizenship test. Technically, of course, we're not citizens. We're subjects. But anyway, uh, they still call it that. But yeah, a bunch of politicians from the Social Integration Committee at Parliament have said that essentially for social integration to take place, we all need to be learning the same lingo, at least speaking it some of the time to each other. So 
to avoid the Basil Faulty scenario, <laughs> learning English from a book, that sort of stuff. They're saying that essentially all immigrants to the UK in the future should be able to speak good English, or if they can't, they should have to agree to compulsory English lessons the moment they arrive. It's not that drastic, but it is that little tweak, that little change. And also, actually, another interesting thing in their report is that they say that maybe we should have piecemeal immigration. So, for instance, if London needs care workers, London can grant work permits. Ah. If Lincoln doesn't need care workers, Lincoln doesn't grant work permits. So they can come to London, not to Lincoln, etc. Although, of course, it doesn't take a bright spark to work out. London to Lincoln is only about an hour and a half on a train. So <laughs> it could get a bit confusing, shall we say. Still, interesting idea. The UK reports with Adam Gilchrist. Thanks, Adam. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because here, I, I've been in England and I've stood opposite English people and tried to understand them. There was a fabulous song, probably from the 1950s. Why can't the English learn to speak? The number of accents in the United Kingdom. You go there, you can't understand half the people because they just speak with a local accent. And now the English want to teach the English how to speak. Well, everyone else to speak as well.